0: Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Be Beautiful, Adaptive Warrior. I am your host and friendly neighborhood amputee, Angie. And it's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Hey there, it is so great to be back and another week upon us, um, some normalcy starting to happen now that my son is into college and moving on with life. This week what I thought I would talk about is a little bit about that nerve pain. So for those of you that are amputees, you have experienced this I am sure. The phantom pains, the phantom sensations, this past week I had one of my, I call them episodes, quote-unquote episodes, and I've only had probably three of these since I got through that first, you know, six to eight months or whatever. And when I tell you that it's an episode, it it's the ones that actually bring me to my knees. And um that's when i have to rely back on my faith that everything will be good and as i tell people in all circumstances whatever goes down will come back up and whenever you're up be prepared for a down so mountains and valleys again people <clears throat> this week no different for those of you that do not get this for those of you that are not amputees but you've experienced pain i just want you to understand that There was nothing that I could do to find calm, peace, or solace for three solid days. Now, I know I can handle pain. I've been through a lot. I've given birth to two kids. So I know what I can do. I've been through, you know, 10 surgeries in five years, and I have had my leg taken off above the knee. I get it. But there is something very, very different about phantom pains that is so untouchable, for real, because there's nothing you can do when a missing limb hurts so bad that you just want to cry. And I did. There were moments where I just sat and sobbed on my own just to let out some of the stressors. And that's good, you know, right? That's how we cleanse our bodies of the negativity and, and stuff. But I had to keep coming back to the fact that this will pass, this will pass, I know this will pass. But it was three days and I thought what I would do is first explain what it really is like, two, the epiphany that I had on what was really going on with my body and three, how I dealt with it. So that's kind of what today is about. So if you're not an amputee or you might be becoming one, this is interesting if you're just intrigued by all of this stuff, it's different, right? There's there's not much that people with two legs or two arms can really understand that an amputee goes through and there's nothing that correlates with what it feels like. I, I try my best with my family to explain what's going on But um, unfortunately, I am so good at masking pain for so long that they don't even think anything of it until I break down in tears in front of them. And then they're like, well, this must be bad. But normally I don't even get to tears. I just go, man, I can't even tell you how hard this is. And I think they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've been through a lot. No, you have no idea. So let's talk about this. Everybody always asks me, phantom pains. Okay, is that real? Is it something that happens once in a while? Does it happen right after surgery and then go away? Those are all such negative things. One, there's no normal. Everybody experiences things differently. For example, I have a a DRG in my back, which is a neurotransmitter that's implanted in the in under my skin in the my back, and there are two probes that go into my spinal column that send little pulses, kind of like what you get at PT if they put pads on your like your knee and and sent pulses at the end of your PT sessions to kind of get the blood flowing. Well, mine is within my body and it is semi-permanent. I can take it out when I need to, but it requires surgery. And now that it's healed in there for several years, um, it would take, you know, a specialist to get it out of my um, spinal column so we don't do any damage there. So it's a little frightening. Um, So right now it's in. They put it in before my amputation to help with nerve pain. Like I was having so much pain in my knee and After five years of medication and everything, nothing was stopping it. And I refused to go on to higher medication because I had kids. I was homeschooling. So you can probably understand that that you don't want to be kind of comatose and in a really weird place just to avoid pain because then you're not really living. So they did that as a like last ditch resort. I will tell you that it really did not help me there wasn't a lot that was helping my pain. And that was the reason why I elected to amputate because I had been through it all. Nothing was stopping the pain. Then I had the blood clot and then there was fear of just dying. So with that being said, that's in my back. When I had my amputation, when you're having a surgery or getting an MRI, you're supposed to turn those devices off and then turn them back on afterwards. That has never been a good thing for me. When I had an MRI to see some more detail about what was happening and turned it back on it's created so much pain in my leg, uh, my amputated leg. It's supposed to be one of the number one things to help amputees get through phantom pains so they don't have to rely on drugs, but it doesn't doesn't even touch mine. Well, the first time I realized it was a bad thing was after, right after my amputation, the very next day, turned it back on. And I don't know, because I don't have any other things to go by, but I had the most intensive um, nerve pains shooting through my non-existent foot. And it lasted for four weeks. I thought, I was never going to make it. I mean, it's to the point where you feel a little crazy because there's nothing you can do. You can't massage it. You can't try to get rid of it. It just is constantly there. And I can't really explain it except that it's, it's kind of like, well, mine kind of feels like my foot's on fire. It's like burning and it tingles like really hard, really strong tingling, almost like when your foot falls asleep, but times it by 100. And it just kind of keeps pulsing and constant and pulsing and constant. And that happened right after my surgery for four weeks. I'm like, it was horrible. It finally went away. But I realized that maybe my DRG, my neurotransmitter was causing those problems. And I was so afraid of it, I turned it off. And I have not used it since because I could not take the pain anymore. When I did turn it off after, I think, a couple weeks, it literally took a couple weeks for my nerves to calm down from the, um, from the pulses that the DRG was sending to my spinal column, to my nerves. So that was then. Okay, so that's three and a half years ago. What's been happening lately, and it's only happened two other times in the last year and a half, maybe. And the two other times that this happened, we really thought it was because of the awkward sitting position. We had been literally, no kidding, to two different Cub games. We were in Chicago, and we went to uh, to Wrigley Field, watched the Cubs play. And that night, and for like a couple nights, I had the worst pain. I couldn't sleep. Then when the Cubbies came here to play the Diamondbacks, like last year, It happened again, and it's only two times that it's happened, except for this week. So I couldn't figure it out. I was, I I can't even explain to you what I was going through was um, basically, and especially at night, right? Because it's dark, you're quiet, your brain is stopping, really firing and active, you don't have things distracting you. And I tell you all the time, I use distraction to help me get through hard times. Well, at night, there's really not a lot distracting you except the pain. And that's a distraction. It felt like someone was literally taking a knife with a nice point and shoving it in the bottom of my foot. I would literally jump in bed, like jump out of my skin and wake my husband up because of phantom nerve pain and that went on for three solid days and nights it not only did that at night when i was in bed and it was quiet but even when i put my leg on in the morning which was so hard because the pain was so intense that it was hard to bend over and pull my leg on and i will have to definitely get a video up of what it's like for me to put my leg on i remember to get that up for you guys so you can see Because mine's a skin fit socket, so I have to work really, really hard to pull down while keeping my leg in, yet pulling it out just a little bit so that the bag will come out. It's really hard to explain, but I will show you a video one of these days. So I barely could do that. I just remember trying to walk around the house to ignore the pain, and every time I'd step, I shouldn't say every time, it was like, it would hit or miss you never knew when that pain would strike and it would just be like someone taking a knife right into the bottom of my foot and it was always on the outer i don't know why but this time it was always in that outer pad um, the long part and it was it kept hitting here well when when i, I told my husband it's kind of like if someone were to kind of tap your foot with a stick just tap it lightly you wouldn't think anything of it right but do that for three solid days one it becomes painful two you're annoyed three the mental aspect of that is maddening that's what this was like it was a constant struggle to maintain some positive mental attitude and i couldn't do anything so for those of you that know me well i love getting out and being active and i work out at the gym five days a week and I walk the dogs and I hike, even in this heat, I've been hiking l- later at night before the sun goes down and I couldn't even function. I couldn't f- function up here in my head. I couldn't function physically. And for me sitting and just sitting, like I said, I need to distract myself. So what I decided, well, I'll, I'll digress and I'll tell you what I did because I'm gonna tell you that is my third step. So this is what's happening. This happened for three solid days. I had three nights of zero sleep. All I did was try to toss and turn to try to figure out a way to stop that pain. I would, you know, cup my residual limb and put pressure on certain points, thinking if I had pressure points, maybe that would help. I would lay on my stomach and put my leg up. I would put my, get on my back and I would hold my residual limb up and kind of stretch it. I mean, I was trying everything. I felt so bad that finally, by the third night at three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It was I was like literally sweating in bed and just struggling. So I went and sat on the couch. That did nothing. I tried to sit up. That did nothing. But here is what I realized: going through all that pain, I'm the kind of person that analyzes everything because I got nothing better to do, I guess. So I was analyzing why was this feeling this way because not only was I having that residual pain. Um, buzzing through my foot and then occasionally a sharp jab here and there that would just literally take my breath away and make me gasp, um, audibly gasp in the middle of the night, during the day I'd be in the grocery store and it would just stop me in my tracks but I also started noticing that I was starting to have really severe lower hip pain and then the next thing I know my my lower back was hurting and then it was shoulder, up into my shoulders and I went, you know what, I think we did I think we pinched a nerve. So knowing that, then I started trying to figure out how I could stretch the pain out. (laughs) So you get a pinched nerve. If you've had a pinched nerve in your back, you understand the pain I'm talking about, where it kind of runs down the back of your legs and just is so disabling, and it feels like your legs are falling asleep. Well, now I'm sitting there going, okay, I pinched a nerve that's running down my left leg. The problem is when it runs down my left leg and then my nerves are cut off because of the amputation, there is no place for those pinched nerves to be irritated to send signals all the way to my foot and back up. So they're kind of flailing there like, we don't know what to do with this, and I think that's what was causing such severe pain. So I tried to stretch my leg out, I tried to stretch out, I visualized that maybe I had a pinched nerve in my lower back on my left side, which is my amputated side. And I would just take my residual limb and I'd lay on my bed or lay on the ground and I'd pull my leg up as hard as I could and stretch it out. Keeping in mind that through this, I'm still in so much pain. Well, once I kind of analyzed it and figured that out, I decided that how do I get through this, right? The first day, how do I get through this? I'm like, this is not good. I've seen these before, this episode, it can last several days, it could go a week. All I kept telling myself is I always tell people that everything they're going through is just a phase. No matter what you're doing in life, a bad time at the office, it's going to be a phase. It's going to change. Time with your kids, it's just a phase. Like when they're doing certain things that's driving you nuts when they're a toddler or when they're that tween age or hot teenagers, it's all just a phase that you are meant to go through. One, I believe to build you up and make you a stronger person mentally, physically, emotionally. However... Well, this was my phase. And I'm like, surely this will end sooner than later. And I was kind of banking on sooner because I don't like it and I can't stand it. And I was I just remember Sunday uh, watching church online because I was in so much pain. And I just remember I couldn't even sit on the couch. It was that bad. And I stood and I sobbed through the 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 hymns we were singing. I just I couldn't even function. And I, I was on my own. I was just doing that by myself. And I'm just, I'm sure my dogs thought I was absolutely nuts. I was just standing there kind of trying to rock back and forth. Like I had a baby on my hip and, and I could not get rid of the pain. So sitting down was horrible. Standing, it was exhausting and still hurt. So the next step was, so what do you do? What do you do when this happens? And amputees, it's going to happen. Um, example. I'm going to call our, our, my assistant prosthetist at, at our office. Um, David's been an amputee for over 20 years. And he, I could never explain to him what was happening. He'd never experienced it. And then one day he texts me, he goes, holy crap. He goes, I'm going through one of those things you were talking about. My first time ever, 20 years later. <laughs> so, you know, this is not for the weak hearted. If If you choose like I did to amputate, it doesn't get rid of all your problems. It just creates different ones. So you have to be prepared for that. A lot of people have reached out to me and said, I'm I'm thinking the only option left that I have to live a life is to amputate. And, uh, you know, is it easier? Um, I don't know, because it depends on you. Are you the kind of person that perseveres? Are you ready to push forward? Are you ready to have times where you physically and literally... Uh, mentally or uh, metaphorically or literally fall? Um, are you ready for a different kind of pain? There's no norm. I can just explain to you what I'm going through. Thus, this is the reason why I'm doing my podcast, because at least you can get a glimpse into one person's life that's an amputee, whether you're just fascinated by the fact of amputees or you are in the the realm of How do you deal with your faith and going through hard times? I'm medically having issues. I'm amputated, uh, whatever, you know, this is for whoever is going through something. But in this respect, it's really hard to explain as an amputee what it feels like, unless you are actually going through it. And every one of us is different, right? So I'm feeling this pain, but my body registers it differently than yours or the next person or the neighbor down the road or whatever. And every amputee has their own story, their own experiences, their own levels of pain or agony or joy and bliss. And it it's just there's 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 just a gamut of of levels of pain and and joy. So I have to say that um, if you've been listening, one thing you know about me is that I use distraction to get through hard times and I've been through many since being an amputee so I used distraction and even though I wasn't sure putting my leg on so if you imagine my back lower back had a pinched nerve and then I was trying to lean over to put my leg on those three mornings it, it almost put me in tears just trying to get my leg on just because the pinched nerve was being just really pissed off by the bending over and, and struggling and the, the, the strength it takes to put my leg on. So I, I struggle with that, but I told myself there's no way in the world you're not going to put it on. Okay, so that's number one. There are a lot of you that might be out there, amputees, that if you feel any pain or any discomfort, you choose to keep away from your leg versus embracing it and figuring out how to deal with it. It is not going to go away, and you will have these experiences just come and go throughout your lifetime of being an amputee. So you might as well just figure out how to handle it. So I'm the kind of person that, I'm like the bull in the china shop kind of scenario. I just put it on and I just truck. I just decide what I'm going to do and I'm going. Get on the leg, still have the pain, Still can't sit comfortably, so let's grocery shop. I'm like in so much pain, just getting in and out of the car is hard. Grab the cart, use it for a little support, and try to maintain some sort of normal-looking gait while I'm walking through the grocery store, because nobody else can tell that I'm going through that kind of pain. I did not go and work out. Uh, That wasn't going to happen, but I will tell you that after the second day, I was like, screw it. I'm going hiking. (laughs) We're going to, I just thought we are going to knock this thing out. If this is what it is and I got a pinched nerve, we're just going to knock it out. Again, in a China shop. I'm like all or nothing. I am not going to just sit by and let pain take me. I'm going to figure out how to bull rush it (laughs) and totally take it out. And so I went for a hike with my husband. We did two miles of major rocky terrain. I did it. It was my fastest one to three miler hiking that I've had. And for those of you who do not know, I, for three years, I have hiked hundreds of times. So that's saying something that was my fastest time. Granted, I did not have my dogs and they usually pull me back a little bit. And when they have to go to the bathroom, I you know, stop anyways but it was my fastest time and it was like 100 degrees, which I know is not safe, but I had my water, I had my, my husband, I had first aid, and I knew our terrain. And a lot of times what we do is we'll go out for so many minutes and then we'll make a turn around and walk straight back so we don't get lost or, or do something dumb. So I did that. And I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, hey, I feel great that I think that did it. I think we we shimmied loose the pinched nerve. I'm so excited. Uh, made dinner, you know, came home, made dinner. We sat, we enjoyed, you know, a movie or something. I go to, I go to go to bed and it flared up like neither of the other two days. And I was like, holy crap. And that's the day that I could not sleep. I finally got up out of bed. And I was like, oh, I think I made this worse. And I don't know what ended up doing it or if I just, that time expired and we moved on and I got out of the valley. But I will tell you the next day, hell bent to keep pushing forward, I decided that I would use that day to um, make um, I baked all day, baked and organized. Um, I do a lot of um, for the way our family works and and my boys wanting to eat healthy and, and build muscle because they're lifting and we're all lifting. Um, I do meal preps, uh, lots of rice, lots of grilled chicken, um, other grilled meat. And then I have all these snack containers that have uh, veggies and hummus and peanut butter and apples and cheese and jerky and deli meat and stuff and those are all prepackaged. I did that all day like non-stop I went to the grocery store came back and I just did that all day made some pumpkin cookies and for my kiddo to take them to college and and I just spent the day doing that and that was the happiest I had been in three days and it was that moment when I said be thankful for the good days. Be really thankful for the good days because you have been in the valley. You have been where it's dark. You have been where it hurts so bad that you don't know if you can keep going. And there was such joy in my my heart and my body and I was so grateful that my faith told me just to keep plugging away that this will pass. And I've been good ever since. Whether or not it was me pushing through and being so pig-headed about muscling through that pain, um, I just, I can't idly sit by and let pain take me. I just won't. And I, I, I really highly suggest you know the difference between the pain you can conquer and just, you know, deal with and what pain is actually bad for you. I am no doctor, so you have to know your own body, you have to know your own symptoms. I am—I do not have any um, health issues at all, except for my amputation. So, you know, I'm not worried about infections or um, anything that might um, disable me more. Um, you know, I don't have diabetes, I didn't battle cancer, um, I haven't taken any other kind of medication besides a long time ago before my amputation when I was, you know, taking pain meds. So I'm I'm healthy 100%. I'm just physically different. And so I know my pain threshold and I know what my body can handle and withstand. So I push. That was probably one of the best advices that my the assistant prosthetist told me is know your limits, but sometimes you just have got to suck it up And just drive forward. Otherwise, you'll never get good at using your prosthetic. You'll never get used to it. You'll never overcome it. It's kind of like when people do something for the first time gymnasts, or weightlifters, or runners put on new shoes. When you're doing something with new um, devices or uh, equipment, you build you build callus, right? You you rip skin, you get blisters on heels with brand new shoes if you're a big longtime runner, um, you know all those things happen, but you don't stop because the pain is too much. You you get through it and build up the callus and you build up the tolerance. And I have had even in the last couple weeks even. Gosh, I think it was last week where just the way there's so much heat right now and I'm sweating so much and I'm hiking that by the time I'd get done with my hikes, I would have a red, pink, red rash along the inside of my uh, prosthetic, my socket that where the skin just rubbed raw. And you know what? I'd take my shower. It would burn like crazy. And I would put some salve on it and go to bed. And the next day, it'd be still, you could see the marking like a callus, put my leg back on and deal with it again. And sometimes it would rip it open. And there's times where I've dealt with some, my husband's like, do you want to put something on it? And I'm like, nope, because if I put something on it, I'm just literally putting a Band-Aid on it. It's just going to come off and it's going to still hurt. And it's still going to be there. And I have to work through it. So that's kind of where I've been. I'll tell you what. There is nothing better in the world than to feel so good once you felt so bad. When you come up over that mountaintop and you're at the top looking back and you go, Whew, I'm so glad that's over. And I will never complain. Like right now, as I'm speaking to you, I have phantom sensations in my foot. My foot's burning and tingling. But I will take that any day. Than the f- pain I was having going through my whole foot and the and leg and the stabbing pains and all that, there is nothing, nothing good about that. So I am grateful. I have survived again another episode. I have come through the valley into the mountaintop. I am in a great place. I am thankful for it. I'm glad that I told myself positive self-talk that I can get through this, that it's just a phase. This too shall pass it'll get better. So one of my goals uh, for those of you that have been listening since my little hiatus this summer was that I'm starting to make my podcasts more bite sized um, I could talk for an hour plus, but I'm trying to keep it within 30 minutes. And so I'm so excited. Um, uh, when I end my podcast, I always like to end with a call to action. And basically, it takes everything I've kind of talked about and gives you something that you can actually call your own at home to help you through whatever we've been talking about. So, with this call to action today, I would tell you that you need one positive self talk. We all go through things and we all will have major hurdles in our life to get through, whether they are mental whether they are emotional or whether they're physical. But what we need to remember is that if we do not talk positively to ourselves, the only other option is negative talking. And negative talking will bring you down. The power of the brain is so strong. And if you will sit there and and just beat yourself up and complain and, and be negative, you're gonna actually feel the effects of what's gnawing at you. More than if you try to ignore it, try to push through it, try to do something to distract yourself. So hey, are you out there right now and are you struggling? Are you hurting? I'm gonna tell you, stay active, no matter what that means. If it means right now you're sitting on a couch feeling sorry for yourself, and that pain is just too much for you to handle. I will challenge you to get up and at least move around your house a little bit. Get movement going. If you really, really, depending on your situation, are struggling with major pain and you are literally couch ridden or bedridden, then stretch. Do something in bed to move your body when you can, where you can, and how you can. Because when we move, We tend to have um, more of the chemicals that our body needs to find positivity will start to happen for you. And then that will feed positivity to your brain. Your brain will then be positive, sending positive messages through your body. That's how we heal. We can't heal if we're going to be negative and and grouchy and um, feeling like the world is is coming down on me. We make our situations. We are in charge of that. So I want you to talk positive. I want you to be moving. I want you to be active. Try like I have. Use distractions. Use distractions to get through the hard moments and then tell yourself, this is just a phase. It will end, you just don't know when. For me, this phase was just like three days. And it was, it put me to like my wits end. I have a friend who has been struggling since the moment I got injured in 2013. And I keep telling her, I know it's a phase, but it is a very long phase. It's years, and I get it. But stay positive. Stay the course. And when you're dealing with long-term illness or struggles, you really have to have a good mental game, and that mental game starts with positivity. Whether you have to ask friends for that positivity, whether you have to find verses, you know, Bible verses for positivity, or funny quotes or good quotes that will get you some positivity somehow or another you need to be moving distracting yourself and being positive so my call to action are those three things get yourself moving stay positive and talk to yourself in a positive way that you can actually you know heal inside and out and I just I really hope this speaks to some of you I'm really you know I'd like to talk to you through my own issues so you understand how real it is and that not every day is roses for me. Um, Everybody thinks that it's just so much easier, it looks easy because I'm walking around, but sometimes you just don't know what's going on inside somebody. And so one, I would tell you to be kind because you never know the battles and everyone has a battle. No one gets to go through life unscathed. I have learned that through everything I've been through, it has really opened my mind and my eyes to that. Be kind. Everyone has their battles. Be positive. Get yourself moving. Find something to distract yourself. Whatever it takes. Whatever that will send happy hormones through your body and and, uh, alleviate some of that stress. So that's it for this week. I hope that this maybe helped you a little bit along your journey, and as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.